We naturally desire strong leaders who promise security and success. But in John chapter 12, Jesus shatters those expectations, revealing himself as the king who leads by laying down his life and asking us to do the same. Hey fellow creations, it's Elijah here. Welcome to the Bible and Prayer podcast, the show where we simply read the Bible and then pray about it. Bible and prayer are fundamental elements of the Christian faith and we need to build these lasting habits in our lives. So join us on the Bible and Prayer podcast every weekday as we strive to make Bible and prayer habits in our daily lives. Tap that follow button to subscribe to the Bible and Prayer podcast so you don't miss the rest of the Gospel of John or the future books that we'll be covering. So the jubilant crowds of John chapter 12, who are welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem uh, as an earthly ruler, they're anticipating this victorious king who's gonna come in and solve all of their problems. But he quickly confronts that image, pointing toward his death and a radically different kingdom built on sacrifice. Are we willing to surrender expectations and embrace this upside-down kingdom of Jesus? So let's look at the context of the book of John. This gospel is a unique and beautiful portrayal of Jesus Christ, presenting him as the divine word who became flesh, who dwelt among us, and it emphasizes Jesus' identity as the Son of God, full of grace and truth. It highlights his miracles, his teachings, his interactions with people, particularly his disciples. And in this gospel, John aims to lead his readers to faith in Jesus and eternal life by getting us to believe in him as the Son of God, the Word became flesh. But now here in John chapter 12, specifically, Jesus enters Jerusalem, the triumphant entry with fanfare. He's hailed as the potential Messiah King. However, he then speaks clearly about his coming death completely different than what they were expecting. Despite the initial enthusiasm, many misunderstand his true motives and they reject his sacrificial kingship. This challenges deeply rooted ideas of a conquering ruler, and it challenges who we think Jesus is or should be. So let's jump in and read John chapter 12 together. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Therefore Mary took a pound of ointment of pure nard, very precious, and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. Then Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, one of his disciples who would betray him, said, Why wasn't this ointment sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? Now he said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and having the money box used to steal what was put into it. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. For she has kept this for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. 
A large crowd, therefore, of the Jews learned that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests conspired to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. On the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus, having found a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written, don't be afraid, daughter of Zion, behold, your king comes sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. The multitude, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead was testifying about it. For this reason also the multitude went and met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, See how you accomplish nothing? Behold, the world has gone after him. Now there were certain Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. These therefore came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew came with Philip and they told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Most certainly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this time. But I come to this time for this cause. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of the sky saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Therefore the multitudes who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice hasn't come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. But he said this, signifying by what kind of death he should die. The multitudes answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ remains forever. How do you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus therefore said to them, Yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness doesn't overtake you. 
He who walks in the darkness doesn't know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become children of light. Jesus said these things, and he departed and hid himself from them. But though he had done so many signs before them, yet they didn't believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this cause they couldn't believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, and he hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, and perceive with their heart, and would turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they didn't confess it, so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue, for they loved men's praise more than God's praise. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me may not remain in the darkness. If anyone listens to my sayings and doesn't believe, I don't judge him. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and doesn't receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word that I spoke will judge him in the last day. For I spoke not for myself, but the Father who sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. The things, therefore, which I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. All right, that concludes our reading today for John chapter 12. Let's look at a couple of points from this chapter. First, we need to confront our misconceptions about the kingdom of Jesus. We often envision powerful leaders who use force and dominance, and we kind of like Jesus to be that way. But he turns this idea on its head. He challenges our assumptions of kingly leadership, and he shows us that being a king is all about sacrifice and service and humility, not about being in charge. Secondly, we need to answer the call to serve like our king. See, true kingship as modeled by Jesus isn't about ruling over others, but it's about laying down our lives in humble service. This requires dying to personal agendas, giving freely and seeking the good of others, reflecting the sacrificial love of our king. And thirdly, we need to embrace the upside down nature of Jesus' kingdom. See, the world values control and might, but Jesus brings a kingdom of peace, righteousness, and life found in surrender. Are we ready to accept his upside-down approach and allow this transformed kingship to reshape our hearts and actions? Let's pray about these things together. God in heaven, you are so good. 
Thank you for showing us who your Holy Son truly is, who the Messiah truly is. And just like the people in Jerusalem cheered and called out to the king as he rode into Jerusalem, help us to cheer when our king rides into our hearts. When Jesus enters our hearts today, let us cheer for him because he is our king. But help us to have a clear expectation of what kingship in Jesus' kingdom looks like. Help us to recognize Jesus as the king who sacrifices, the king who is humble, the king who serves. And help us to be like our king. If we want to be servants of the king, then we will serve, then we will humble ourselves, then we will sacrifice. Let us be like our king. Let us embrace the upside-down nature of Jesus' kingdom and recognize that it's not about this world. It's not about having power or control or prestige in this world. Help us to put aside those ideas, to put aside the desires to be something great in this world, and instead realize that true greatness, that true fulfillment in this life comes from humbly submitting to the lordship and the kingship of Jesus Christ and loving and serving and sacrificing for one another. We look to Jesus the King because he is our example and he is our true King, the light of the world. We praise his name. Please help us in all these things, Father. By the authority of Jesus, we pray. Amen. John 12 clashes worldly expectations of a dominant leader with Jesus' sacrificial path. This invites us to reconsider what kingship is all about. May we see beyond human notions of power to embrace Jesus as the true king. May we lay down our earthly crowns, seeking a kingdom built on selfless service and ultimately finding life in him. Remember to follow and subscribe and join us next time for John chapter 13. This has been Elijah with the Bible and Prayer podcast. Until next time, we love you all. God bless.